0: You can't make just one thing. Sell your byproducts. When you make something, you always make something else. You can't make just one thing. Everything has a byproduct. Observant and creative business minds spot these byproducts and see opportunities. The lumber industry sells what used to be waste sawdust, chips, and shredded wood for a pretty profit. You'll find these byproducts in synthetic fireplace logs, concrete, ice strengtheners, mulch, particle board, fuel, and more. But you're probably not manufacturing anything. That can make it tough to spot your byproducts. People at a lumber company see their waste. They can't ignore sawdust. But you don't see yours. Maybe you don't even think you produce any byproducts, but that's myopic. Our last book, Getting Real, was a byproduct. We wrote that book without even knowing it. The experience that came from building a company and building software was a waste from actually doing the work. We swept up that knowledge first into blog posts, then into a workshop series, then into a PDF, and then into a paperback. That byproduct has made 37 signals more than $1 million directly and probably more than, any, than another $1 million indirectly. The book you're reading right now is a byproduct too. The rock band Wolko found a valuable byproduct in its recording process. The band filmed the creation of an album and released it as a documentary called I Am Trying to Break Your Heart. It offered an uncensored and fascinating look at the group's creative process, and infighting. The band made money off the movie and also used it as a stepping stone toward reaching a wider audience. Henry Ford learned of a process for turning wood scraps from the production of Model T's into charcoal briquets. briquets rather, briquettes, he built a charcoal charcoal plant and. Ford Charcoal was created, later named, renamed King's Ford Charcoal. Today, King's Ford is still the leading manufacturer of charcoal in America. Software companies don't usually think about writing books. Bands don't usually think about filling the recording process. Car manufacturers don't usually think about selling charcoal. There's probably something you haven't thought about you could sell to. get it out there launch now when is your product or service finished when should you put it out in the market when is it safe to let people have it probably a lot sooner than you're comfortable with once your product does what it needs to do get it out there just because you've still got a list of things to do doesn't mean it's not done Don't hold everything else up because of a few leftovers. You can do them later. And doing them later may mean doing them better too. Think about it this way. If you had to launch your business in two weeks, what would you cut out? Funny how a question like that forces you to focus. You suddenly realize there's a lot of stuff you don't need. And what you do need seems obvious. When you impose a deadline you gain clarity. It's the best way to get to that gut instinct that tells you we don't need this. Put off anything you don't need for launch. Build the necessities now. Worry about the luxuries later. If you really think about it there's a whole lot you don't need on day 1. When we launched basecamp we didn't even have the ability to build customers. Because the product billed in monthly cycles, we knew we had a 30-day gap to figure it out. So we used the time before launch to solve more urgent problems that actually mattered on day one. Day 30 could wait. Camper, a brand of shoes, opened a store in San Francisco before construction was even finished and called it a walk-in progress. Customers could draw on the walls of the empty store camper displayed shoes on cheap plywood laid over dozens of shoe boxes the most popular message written by customers on the walls keep the store just the way it is likewise the founders of Crate and Barrel didn't wait to build fancy displays when they opened their first store they turned over the crates and barrels that the merchandise came in and stacked products on top of them don't mistake this approach for skimping on quality either you still want to make something great this approach just recognizes that the best way to get there is through iterations. Stop imagining what's going to work. Find out for real. Chapter on Productivity Get Real Illusions of Agreement The business world is littered with dead documents that do nothing but waste people's time. Reports no one reads, diagrams no one looks at, and specs that never resemble the finished product. These things take forever to make but only seconds to forget. If you need to explain something, try getting real with it. Instead of describing what something looks like, draw it. Instead of explaining what something sounds like, hum it. Do everything you can to remove layers of abstraction. The problem with abstractions like reports and documents is that they create illusions of agreement. A hundred people can read the same words, but in their heads they're imagining a hundred different things. That's why you want to get something real right away. That's when you get true understanding. It's like when we read about characters in a book, we each picture them differently in our heads. But when we actually see people, we all know exactly what they look like when the team at Alaska Airlines wanted to build a new airport of the future. They didn't rely on blueprints and sketches. They got a warehouse and built mock-ups using cardboard boxes for podiums, kiosks, and belts. The team then built a small prototype in Anchorage to test systems with real passengers and employees. The design that resulted from this getting real process has significantly reduced wait times and increased agent productivity. Widely admired furniture craftsman Sam Malouf felt it was impossible to make a working drawing to show all the intricate and fine details that go into a chair or stool. Many times I do not know how a certain area is to be done until I work. I start working with a chisel, rasp, or whatever tool is needed for that particular job, he said. That's the path we all should take get the chisel out, and start making something real. Anything else is just a distraction. Reasons to quit. It's easy to put your head down and just work on what you think needs to be done. It's a lot harder to pull your head up and ask why. Here are some important questions to ask yourself to ensure you're doing work that matters. Why are you doing this? Ever find yourself working on something without knowing exactly why? Someone just told you to do it. It's pretty common, actually. That's why it's important to ask why you're working on blank. What is this for? Who benefits? What's the motivation behind it? Knowing the answers to these questions will help you better understand the work itself. What problem are you doing solving? What's the problem? Are customers confused? Are you confused? Is something not clear enough? Was something not possible before that that should be possible now? Sometimes when you ask these questions, you'll find you're solving an imaginary problem. That's when it's time to stop and reevaluate what the hell you're doing. Is this actually useful? Are you making something useful or just making something? It's easy to confuse enthusiasm with usefulness. Sometimes it's fine to play a bit and build something cool, but eventually you've got to stop and ask yourself if it's useful too. Cool wears off. Useful never does. Are you adding value? Adding something is easy. Adding value is hard. Is this thing you're working on actually making your product more valuable for customers? Can they get more out of it than they did before? Sometimes things you think are adding value actually subtract from it. Too much ketchup can ruin the fries. Value is about balance. Will this change behavior? Is what you're working on really going to change anything? Don't add something unless it has a real impact on how people use your product. Is there an easier way? Whenever you're working on something, ask, is there an easier way? You'll often find this easy way is more than good enough for now. Problems are usually pretty simple. We just imagine that they require hard solutions. What could you be doing instead? What can't you do because you're doing this? This is especially important for small teams with constrained resources. That's when prioritization is even more important. If you work on A, can you still do B and C before April? If not, would you rather have B and C instead of A? If you're stuck on something for a long period of time, that means there are other things you're not getting done. Is it really worth it? Is what you're doing really worth it? Is this meeting worth pulling six people off their work for an hour? Is it worth pulling an all-nighter tonight? Or could you just finish it up tomorrow? Is it worth getting all stressed out over a press release from a competitor? Is it worth spending your money on advertising? Determine the real value of what you're about to do before taking the plunge. Keep asking yourself and others the questions listed above. You don't need to make it a formal process, but don't let it slide either. Also, don't be timid about your conclusions. Sometimes abandoning what you're working on is the right move, even if you've already put in a, a lot of effort. Don't throw a good time after bad work.